Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me again on Reflections with Dr. Gary Harvey. Glad to have you tonight. It is the 25th of March, 2020, and uh, we're trying to stay on track here. And tonight, tonight I'm just going to talk with you, so I'm just going to share my heart and uh, just kind of express myself a little bit. So I, I hope you will afford me that opportunity tonight. Of course, you can catch us on multiple platforms, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, CastBox, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, Radio Public, Breaker, all those different platforms. Also, hit us up on the website, www.drgaryharveyjr.com. Email me. Love to interact with you guys and definitely uh, want the feedback as far as what you guys think about the podcast. Like, share, uh, subscribe, give us the feedback get your friends involved i mean hey most of us are on a on a lockdown anyway or adhering to a curfew so we got the time why not right but uh in all seriousness though just want to chat with you a little bit tonight just share my heart again um of course a couple shout outs so <coughs> excuse me here in uh, only in new york you've got uh, go-to meals uh they've stayed open they're doing that meal prep taking all that hassle out and uh, they're remaining open. They did change the storefront hours. Uh, you can still pick up on Monday. Still get it delivered. Uh, orders every Wednesday night, I believe, by uh, 8 p.m. on Wednesday nights. Have your orders in. And uh, the um, the menu varies. So uh, check them out, though. But doing some big things, staying, trying to stay available for the community. And, you know, during this time, if you're able to support the small, uh, smaller businesses, the locally owned businesses, go ahead and do that. You know, there's a lot of them that are trying to stay open, trying to beat this thing, and, um, you know, also trying to help the community. I want to give a big shout out to um, Harvest Field Ministries here in Olean, the church, actually, that I'm, uh, that I'm a part of. And I know I sound a little biased, uh, but honestly, they've uh, continued to do some big things. Um, staying open for the uh, the soup kitchen, uh, the Harvest Field Cafe, um, serving takeouts on Mondays and Saturdays. I think this past Monday we had right about 79, 80 individuals that came and got um, takeout meals, and then Saturday it was well over 100, and planning on being open again on uh, this upcoming Saturday uh, to serve meals to the community. So trying to make a difference, uh, you know, a church that's not just talking about making a difference or, ooh, let's connect on Facebook and do something flashy and, oh, look at our online service. No, they're actually still in the community doing things to help the community and uh, really make an impact. And in doing so, we've had volunteers from various churches uh, come to help and support us and prepare the meals and serve the meals and individuals that don't even readily attend our church coming and helping as well. So great big thank you for the community doing that uh, as well. Uh, even the local Salvation Army, they blessed us with a bunch of to-go uh, containers to help us out and some other things. So just uh, I think it's important during this time especially that we come together as communities uh, because that's what we need to do, especially the Christian community. <coughs> Excuse me. Especially the Christian community. You know, what better way to truly be a testimony than to be a testimony? Like, so often the church talks about doing things, but we don't have to do anything for the community if we're, if we're really being honest. Um, a lot of churches for so long have just been worried about how they can market their church and fill their seats as opposed to, you know, what can we do for the community? So big shout out there uh, to them and the individuals that are helping with that as well. And the other food, local food pantries, the strain that's already been, been put on them with uh, so many people being out of work. Also, um, you know, I had the, I had the privilege last night of uh, a friend of mine 
um, you know, has a, his fiance works in the local ER here and she was on shift and they, uh, the hospital ran out of masks and he got a bunch of masks together and, you know, he had two little kids at the house, so he couldn't take it to the hospital. But, you know, he, he texted me and was like, Hey, do you mind? You know, I, you know, I'll do it. Listen, you ain't got to do nothing. I'll do it. Let me do that. So I was able to, you know, deliver what he had gotten. So that was an awesome blessing to be part of that. And I didn't even have to do anything. You know, I really wasn't a big part of that, but just seeing people do what they're doing during this time is, is amazing. You know, so keep that in mind. Uh, your local businesses again, uh, living beauty florals in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. They are um, Miss Chanel Lee. Really uh, a no-touch delivery. They'll, you know, they'll take it, they'll deliver it to your house. You don't have to have any kind of physical exchange if you don't want to. Uh, but they're still still out there um, doing big things. And any type of floral arrangement pretty much you can think of, uh, this woman can make it happen. So it's pretty amazing there. Um, Destiny's Journey, Miss Destiny Hill. Check her book out. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I tell you. I know I keep talking about it every week, but I promise if you haven't gotten it, if you haven't read it, you're missing it. And keep, you know, keep on the lookout in the next couple weeks. Uh, we're actually going to have her on the podcast and um, going to be discussing her book and uh, the big things that, that God has working in her life as well. Uh, Black Top Photo Collective, uh, my brother Dax Thomas down in Texas, even in the midst of all this madness, uh, he's been able to still capture some very beautiful aspects of humanity. So, um, you know, check him out on Facebook, Instagram as well. And of course, my brother Black Silhouette Music and what he does for the podcast as well. Can't give him enough thanks, honestly. He puts his heart and his soul in his music and you feel that when you listen to it. You can check him out on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, all those types of things. You can find him there. So we're going to jump in tonight. Uh, again, I want to ask that, uh, <coughs> excuse me, that you indulge me a little bit as I just kind of share my heart with you. But of course, again, mirrors, they got three purposes. You guys know what they are. One, to show you who you were. Two, to show you who you are. And three, to help you become who you want to be. So let's take a look at this reflection, face the man in the mirror, and see if we can't become better than who we were this morning. All right, so we're going to jump in tonight. And I know, you know, all this uh, craziness right now with what's going on in the country and the coronavirus and, and I'm just going to kind of share my heart with you guys uh, in reference to that I'm not making any kind of medical claims or, or anything like that but I, I want to start with how people are being towards each other like you're seeing two extremes you're seeing people being absolutely amazing human beings and trying to look out for people and you know everybody apparently needs 186 rolls of toilet paper for for whatever reason but people are going out and they're purchasing supplies for the elderly that haven't been able or people without cars or you know they can't get somebody to watch their kids so they can go shopping um you know helping them do that and picking stuff up for them or you know just dropping off supplies to people cleaning supplies that type of thing to different churches and organizations the getting the mask there's a lot of a lot of people in in this local community that have been trying to get the mask to the different hospitals and uh, you know different things like that so you have that side of it and that's amazing it's it's amazing how most people come out and they really really come together in in times like this and then you have the other extreme you have people that are extremely judgmental and freaking out and losing their mind over it and oh my god we're all gonna die and you know if you go outside you're gonna die stay home or you're gonna kill somebody or you know all this stuff and you know the fact of the matter is you know like masks for example right like it's not gonna protect you from getting the virus i don't i don't know if you guys realize that but it doesn't really protect a whole lot they're actually recommended 
that individuals that have uh, the symptoms wear the mask to prevent from getting saliva and spit and you know everything else and coughing all over people that's that's you know essentially the purpose but we have this mentality that if I wear a mask I'm protected like you really need to use a little bit of common sense during all of this because if you if you feed into the fear if you feed into the the oh my god it's the end um you know why won't people stay home and and listen I'm not I'm not on the other side either there there's another extreme where it's like you know oh forget this I'm gonna do what I want when I want and I'm gonna go here and go there and you're not gonna tell me what to do and that's that's foolish as well like you you got to have some wisdom I know I the last couple weeks I've talked about it but there's got to be some wisdom in in the things that you're doing and that you're acting because you know what number one yeah, you might have a strong enough immune system, and, and yeah, you may never contract the virus, and if you do, you might go through the process, and you'll be all right, but there's other people that you may expose it to that might not, that have high risk because of asthma, or because of their age, or because of a compromised immune system, or, you know, they're diabetic, or, you know, these different things that, that can affect it. You know, you have to be mindful. This isn't just about you and whether or not you want to throw your temper tantrum and you want to stay home or not. It's what's good for the country. And we're going to get a little more into that as well. But you guys know me. You know I like to reference scripture a lot of times. Um, I like to look through that mirror that you know of scripture and look at my reflection through that. And and trust me, when I when I talk about different things, these are things that I have said or are saying, am saying, excuse me, that I am saying to myself. You know, my experience in the military, right? Well, let's just talk about that. Like, you know, amongst us veterans, we kind of laugh and joke. And, you know, it's like if you've ever been NJP, non-judicial punishment in, in the military, you know, you get that Article 15, you know, you're essentially you're grounded for 45 days. You can't go anywhere but the battalion AO. So basically, that's like your house in the grocery store, you know, or where you work, you know, type of thing. That's pretty much all you can do. You can go to the chow hall, you can go to work, you can go to your barracks room. That's that's about it. You know, so there's there's aspects of military life that have kind of trained us veterans to to deal with with certain things you know and everybody's freaking out because they saw you know they saw some humvees and some armored vehicles and some equipment on on the railroad you know and oh my goodness it's martial law every time that happens it's martial law the government's starting something listen first of all let me help you out with something that's how the military transports their gear across the country uh, they do it for training. They do it to, you know, move equipment from one installation to the next. And right now you do have a lot of National Guard being activated in certain areas, primarily to help with the medical aspect. You know, I know in New York City, like the Javits Center, which is near and dear to my heart, being a, uh, you know, kind of a nerd and an anime head, you know, the Javits Center is where they do anime NYC. You know, that's where they uh, have part of New York Comic Con. So I'm familiar with the Javits Center. Uh, on a couple different levels and you know they're turning that essentially into into a hospital um, and, and an operation center so yeah you're gonna see a lot of the military there it doesn't mean that they're enacting martial law now I will say this if the country can't pull their head out of their fourth point of contact that might be something that we come to to enforce these curfews and those types of things um, you know honestly myself personally yeah I'd rather be on lockdown for a couple weeks than deal with stuff this stuff for eight or nine months but I'm not the one in the position making the decisions you know, we have so many people, um, you know, in our government that have never experienced anything like this that are making these types of decisions. They've made mistakes. They're going to continue to make mistakes like we've talked before. But, you know, an amazing thing 
that I realized as I as I looked through scripture, as I looked through that that mirror of the word, so many times God used isolation to draw people to him, to refocus them, to get them back on track, for them to discover their purpose and their calling. It was during the isolation. Now, during isolation, you know, you're in that that self-quarantine or you know, adhering to a curfew, being home because everything's closed and you can't go anywhere, you have an opportunity to really rediscover yourself, rediscover your passions and your dreams, you know, and I'm not telling you, you know what, you don't have to feel bad if you spend some of this time just binging some TV shows or, you know, hint, hint, wink, wink, you know, message, listening to a, you know, a podcast or two. You know, I'm kidding there, but no, seriously, I mean, it doesn't have to be all, let's write a book, let's do a business plan, let's, now all those things are great, and yeah, take the opportunity to be productive, take the opportunity to rediscover yourself, see, it's not everybody's dream to own a business, it's not everybody's dream to write a book, it's not everybody's dream or purpose to play the stock market, but if it's yours, take advantage of the opportunity, if you've wanted to write, write, if you wanted to draw, draw. So many colleges, universities are offering free courses and whether or not they're worth a college credit, man, why not learn something new? You know what I'm saying? You know, and and honestly, like I said, tonight was really going to be about sharing my heart. You know, this political game really is 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 kind of depressing. You know, you got both sides of the spectrum blaming the other and trying to point out how awful and evil the other side is and all, you know, uh, this side just wanted it to be a corporate slush fund and that's why the stimulus package didn't pass and this side is trying to fund abortion and take away our gun rights and add all kinds of taxes on it blah 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 listen i'm gonna tell you the truth this is the truth whether you want to hear it and i know it's an unpopular statement but right now we have a bunch of wealthy well-off individuals that are well past their time as far as you know, honestly having the right and being able to make decisions. They're so out of touch with the American people. It's ridiculous. You know, it made their wealth off of politics. You know, we got a bunch of them fighting over whether or not, you know, families should get $1,200 while they're not working. You know, they don't have to worry about bills. They're good. They're getting paid. And they've got their millions that they made through politics, which blows my mind. I, I thought as a public servant and in politics, you know, really that isn't where your money should be made. But hey, you know what, our country's different now, I guess. But that's the reality of it. Both sides are, are pushing an agenda, and to pretend that they're not is naive and foolish. And yes, you know, one agenda might work better for you than the other. I, I get that. I understand that. I mean, that's what politics is. You know, you're obviously going to go with what works best for you and your family. You know, whether or not I agree with it, that's a different story. You know, whether or not that's what's best for me and my family, that's a different story. But we don't have to talk down to each other or treat each other, you know, nasty because of it. The fact of the matter is you have two groups of wealthy people fighting over whether or not you should be able to get help to survive. That that in itself is crazy. You know, and then you have the other aspect. Like a lot of people talking about don't bail out the airline industry. Let me let me help you out with something with that. So number one. I, I know quite a few people that work in the airline industry. Some are very, very good friends of mine and um, pilots, flight attendants, um, you know, that type of thing. But there's well over 750,000 people that are connected with the airlines and work with the airlines that essentially would be out of a job if the airlines failed. But 
if the airlines fail, that's not the only thing that's affected. You know, these these airlines, these pilots, these flight attendants, they don't just shuttle people back and forth on vacation, you know, to go to the beach or go visit somebody. You know, they're moving packages and mail and um, military equipment, medical equipment, um, or organs for organ transplants and all these different types of things. There's so many different things that are affected by this industry that it would trickle down if it failed. Now, I do agree, and, and I will say this, that, um, you know, I don't believe when a company gets, you know, quote unquote, a bailout and they get some kind of sustenance, whether it's a, a big corporation, a small business, anything to that effect, I really feel that personally there should be very, some very strict uh, guidelines and rules as far as how that money is utilized. And, and obviously it should make sure, number one, that the operations continues to move, but it should trickle down primarily to the employees that are affected the most. That's that's my personal opinion and how I feel. I don't believe a company should be able to use this this help and the support to buy back their own stock, um, you know, and pay themselves dividends on it. I, I feel that should be blocked, but I don't feel that the company should not get the help, especially when it affects so many Americans uh, in their day-to-day lives and their jobs and not just the airline industry I mean there's a lot of different aspects to that and there's a lot of local businesses that may not recover from this situation and that's sad and and I do believe they should receive the same type of help um, you know maybe not on such a grand scheme you know if they choose to accept it I know some people that won't accept it because they feel that you know by doing that then I essentially give my rights to the government, um, you know, and that's that's between them and, and, and their personal belief, you know, I get that. So there's a lot going on right now, and we have an opportunity to kind of refocus. We have an opportunity to reevaluate what really is a priority to us. And, and I really hope that 186 rolls of toilet paper isn't a priority, you know, honestly. Um, for some people, that's that's their survival method. I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but that's that's what they do. But we look in Scripture, and if you look in Genesis, and you know, six, seven, chapter six, chapter seven, um, you know, you had the story of uh, Noah and the ark. And when Noah was first instructed by God to build the ark, there was no pandemic, there was no flood, it hadn't even started raining. It was, you know, so here he is. He's preparing now. Most of us aren't prepared. Some say our country wasn't prepared. Depending on which uh, you know news broadcast you look at, or which article you read, some say our country was more prepared than other countries. Some say that our country was nowhere near prepared, as prepared as it should be. Um, you know, and we're in a situation where a lot of hospitals and a lot of medical facilities are facing a shortage. I mean, even here locally, like I said, with the masks and thermometers and thermometer, thermometer batteries, you know, we're experiencing that type of type of thing here, even in this, this small, small area um, in western New York. So, you know, I get it. I understand you're like, well, how can this happen in, in one of the richest countries of the world? Um, well, I think part of it is, is honestly, yeah, lack of preparation. But that's not just a lack of preparation from a government standpoint. You know, a lot of these medical facilities, they're not run, they're not there for the purpose of helping people. Um, as far as an executive view is concerned, a lot of them are for-profit type of places. That's why you have staff shortages. That's why you have, uh, you know, equipment shortages that, because they're trying to look out for the PNL. They're trying to look at that profit and loss line, that bottom line, if you will. You know, so there is a lack of preparation. And whenever somebody starts preparing or somebody, you know, quote unquote, a whistleblower or somebody says, hey, listen, down the road, this is going to be a problem. 
oftentimes the majority of the response is is more of a critique, more of a um, a oh yeah whatever you're just you're just worrying too much you're stressing too much and you blow it off so to speak a lot of times even in our personal life like we don't really plan down the road most people don't plan down the road to have a uh you know a flat but most of us got a spare problem is a lot of people that got a spare the spare is flat so you're still in the same situation why because you didn't take the time to do in the military we called it pmcs and primary maintenance checks right we uh would every week we would take a look at our vehicle and we would look at the same things you know where okay do the lights work does it start all right is there a leak what kind of leak is it a class one a class two a class three leak you know how bad is it does it um you know redline the vehicle does it park it until it gets fixed do we got to order this part how's you know uh the gears you know how are they looking what do the tires look like all these different things i mean from big things to small things every week we were doing that on our equipment periodically we would take you know our rifles our weapons we do the same thing we clean them take them apart make sure they were good put them back together even if we weren't going to the range why because we want to be prepared we want to make sure that we're getting things right and you're going to have people when you do that in your personal life when uh, you start to prepare for different things or make changes in your life that are more geared towards your future you're going to have one group of people that criticize you and almost make fun of you and talk down to you and tell you that you've lost your mind you're going to have another group of people that's interested in listening they want to know more um you know so you're going to have both sides of the spectrum you're going to have to operate now one thing that i think is interesting as far as the um, knowing the ark is concerned, right? It's like everybody probably thought Noah was crazy till it started raining. Hello, somebody. You know, when when the situation starts, then people all of a sudden take a greater interest. And oftentimes it's too late. You know, if I remember scripture right, it was only six or eight people that actually were in the ark with the animals. That was it. That was it. The other people didn't make it. That's That's... That's the reality behind it. Not everybody's going to be able to go where you go. And when you're in this time of isolation, obviously you can't chill with people how you used to chill with them. You can't hang out with people how you normally accustomed to hanging out with them, right? And that's a good thing. It's a good thing because, number one, that social distancing is going to help combat this current situation. Listen, it's not foolish to adhere to wisdom. You know, I, I believe in God, but I still put my seatbelt on. I believe God can keep me safe, but I still lock my doors at night. I believe God protects my property, but I still lock my doors when I go to work. I believe God is my health and my healer, but if my doctor tells me to take medicine, I'm, I'm going to take the medicine. Because I believe God has established these things for us to operate in wisdom. You know, these things aren't here just because. You know, those, those things, those precautions, they're available because God has afforded us that wisdom to be able to operate like that. You know, and, and you, have, you have one side of, one side of you know, let's just say Christians because that's, that's the category that I'm in. And my faith, you have one group that's like, oh, my God, you're so stupid. You're still having services. You're putting everybody at risk. Oh, that's so dumb, blah, blah, blah. You know, that type of thing. And then you have the other side of the house. It's like, oh, you guys don't have any faith. You know, you're it's so embarrassing. If people can't come to the church and get delivered, then where can they go to? And, you know, so it's 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 a couple of things. One, number one, 
prayer can happen in a lot of different ways and from a lot of different places. Um, you know, you can affect things in prayer from your own living room. You can affect things in prayer in a lot of different ways and, and from a lot of different aspects. You don't have to have a corporate service for prayer and for God to operate by any stretch of the imagination. God doesn't need a corporate setting in order for him to heal somebody or to restore somebody. And on the flip side, you know, sometimes the the group helps activate your faith or you know like scripture says where two or three are there you know so i i get that thought process too but at the same time the people that are being judgmental of these other churches there's they're you know walk in what you talk don't just talk it you know and at the same time think about other people you know don't don't blast a pastor because he made the decision that because he's got elderly and young folk in their in their church that they decided to adhere to what the government is suggesting as far as the social distancing and have turned to online services you know don't blast them for that they're trying to use wisdom they're trying to do what they feel is right um for their congregation they're not preventing their congregation from getting or receiving prayer i'm sure if these pastors were asked to come to the parishioner's house and pray for them that most of these pastors would do it. I know I would, I wouldn't have a problem doing it. You know, uh, I, I, I don't have any, any issue at all. I, I called my local hospital, um, this week uh, again, you know, I've called on, on numerous occasions and this week I called again and attempted to make myself available. If there was some type of, uh, you know, requested visitation or requested prayer or, you know, anything to that effect. And, and was told that currently they're not, they're not allowing anyone to come in and do that unless specifically requested. Um, you know, so what would I look like just busting in there? You know, I got to use some wisdom. And that's one of the reasons the Christian church has got such a bad name, you know, and with that being said, I want to, I want to address something else. Okay. So you have these preachers, right. That, that have gone and they've gone to these online services and preachers are still talking about, Hey, send your tithes and offerings to your church. Okay. Now from the outside looking in, yeah, most people are going to be, they're going to be a little offended by that, especially if they don't have the same faith that I have because they don't understand it. So they think that, oh, you're just, you're demanding people send in money, you know, and, and they've lost their jobs and aren't working or and stuck at home and don't know how they're going to pay their bills and you're demanding they send in money. Well, first of all, I'm not demanding nothing. Okay, that's the first thing. Second thing, you have to understand if my faith is centered around, centered around a certain principle. And with tithes and offerings, you know, if, if you truly believe this, if you studied it out, it's not solely about giving your money. First of all, that's between you and God. All right. Now, do I encourage you to continue to, to tithe and, and to give your offerings to the local church? Of course I do. Number one, there's a spiritual precedence behind it. Number two, there's... Um, you know, real life needs. Like some of these churches are really doing something for the, for the community, like the, the soup kitchen here, <clears throat> you know, obviously if there's no support, that's not something that can continue. So there's some real life aspects of it too. But like I said, you know, from a spiritual perspective, there's, there's spiritual promises and giftings that are attached to the tithe and attached to the offering and attached to obedience. You know, scripture talks about, you know, he'll go to the, the edge of your, your property and rebuke the devourer for you. The blessings will be poured out. Now, myself personally, I've experienced these things. So I continue to give even in my time of what looks like famine, because even during famine, 
I'm in a feast. Why? Because my job was never my source. God has always been my source. This is my belief. Now, if you don't believe that, then I understand you looking at that crazy. I understand that not making sense to you. But a man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. And so would I encourage a believer to continue to tithe and, and give their offerings? Of course I'm going to encourage that. And it's not because, oh my God, give me your money. Because no, at the end of the day, God's going to supply how and when and where he he dictates how to supply. That's been my personal experience. So whether or not a person continues to give, that's between them and God. But don't blast a preacher for encouraging uh, someone who believes what they believe to continue operating in spiritual principles that our faith is centered around. You know, I'm not telling other faiths not to do certain things or to stop doing this or or you can't do that because you know oh my goodness this is what's that's not what i'm saying at all I, i'm not going to challenge somebody else in their faith if that's what they believe that's what they believe now i may not understand it it may not make sense to me but that's okay and that's something that we need to realize in this country that it's okay that we have our diversity whether it be via our faith whether it be via our politics just our overall opinions it's it's okay to be different. We need to take this opportunity and take this time to refocus. You know, the Bible says that when, and again, that's that's the mirror that I look in as scripture, is the Bible. That's, that's where my faith is. That's what I believe. I don't believe it's just a good book with some good stories. You know, I believe it to be the divinely written word of God. And <clears throat> with that being said, whether you do or not, that's that's okay. Um, you know, our opinions can differ. I, it, it's not going to offend me if you don't believe what I believe, okay? But I hold on to the promises that I believe are true and based on my experience. And, you know, God, the Bible says that God shut the door. God was the one that put them in there, that isolated them from the storm, that isolated them from the flood, that isolated them from the negativity, that isolated them from the outside world, right? Why? They were refocusing. They had to, they had to work on themselves. They had to take care of those animals. There's that. There's Jonah. Jonah threw a temper tantrum and didn't want to do what he wanted to do. He ended up in the belly of a fish. Right, ended up in the belly of the whale. Some, some, you know, translations say, and uh, why he had to refocus. He had to get back on track. Some of us are off track in a lot of areas of our life. You know, not not just from a spiritual perspective, but just from a natural perspective. A lot of us have been going to a grind and working 12, 13, 14 hour days at a place that we're just absolutely miserable at. Well, take this time, develop some skills to go in the direction or develop a plan to go in the direction that you truly want to go in. You know, and that's not that doesn't look the same for everybody. It's OK if you don't want to stay at home and write a book right now. It's OK if you don't want to take 400 classes. It's OK if you don't want to. But the people that want to do those things, it's okay that they do those things too. You know, maybe you just haven't had the time to devote to yourself and your self-development, maybe physically, you know, maybe you want to take up some yoga or you wanted to start exercising and you just couldn't fit it in the schedule. Well, now you really don't have an excuse. Fit it in the schedule. See how you like it. Make some tweaks to it. You know, take the time to teach your kids how to balance a checkbook, how to, uh, you know, formulate a budget for a household and, and manage a budget. Teach them how to do the dishes correctly, do some laundry, clean up the house, you know, all these different things teach them how to cook you know like take the opportunities that you have 
you know, and, and please, please don't give in to the fear mongering. Like I refuse, I, I absolutely refuse to live in fear. Now I, I know individuals, uh, personally, you know, especially out in New York city, uh, that, you know, two of which have contracted, you know, the virus and, and, you know, yeah, it's scary. Yeah. It's frustrating. Yeah. It's difficult. And this was, this was when it, you know, was first coming out. And so I, I get it. You know, I understand it you know, the fear and concern that people have. So use wisdom in the things that you do. You know, if you don't have to be out, don't be out. If, if you're one of these essential workers and, and my hat goes off to you, man, the, the airline employees, you know, TSA, the flight attendants, the pilots, the mechanics, the, the, you know, customer service that's there, the medical personnel, the nurses and the registration and the doctors and maintenance there, um, the civil servants, you know, that are, that are working, you know, taking care of, uh, the trash and the cops and the fire, firemen and, um, you know, people working in the water plant and and working with the energy companies to make sure that all those things happen you know even even myself you know I'm considered an an essential employee and I'm I'm blessed to go to work yes I said blessed because a lot of people aren't right now a lot of people are sitting at the house wondering what's going to happen don't give in to fear Okay, he's taken care of you before, whether you've realized it or not, God's provided in your life. He's going to continue to provide. And it might get a little tough. You might have to make some sacrifices. You might have to, uh, you know, reevaluate some things and, and refocus and reshift some things, but you're going to be okay. We're going to come out on the other side of this all right. And we're going to be stronger as individuals. We're going to be stronger as families. And we're going to be stronger as a state. We're going to be stronger as a country. And even internationally as well, I believe. You know, that's my hope, my prayer. Now, I want to ask you guys this. You know, those of you that are having to adhere to a shutdown or a quarantine or, you know, you're a non-essential worker, you're spending all this time at home. What are you doing to pass the time? What are you doing with your family? Are you having like a game night? What games are you playing? What are you, are you reading something? What are you, what are you reading? You know, let me know. Hit me up. Message me. M email me. Hit me up on Facebook. Any one of these platforms. Let me know. I'd love some ideas. How are you keeping your kids entertained and engaged? Uh, you know, how are you keeping yourself from going stir crazy? You know, I'd love to be able to share these things. So... With that being said, you guys, I want you to keep your heads up. I'm praying for you. Pray for me. Pray for those essential workers that are out there doing what they do to make sure, you know, those grocery workers that are out there, Walmart and BJ's and Target and Tops and all these publics, all these different places that are making sure and the truck drivers making sure those deliveries are, man, let's take a minute and say a prayer for them. You know, if you see them, say thank you instead of snapping at them, that type of thing. But you guys, I'm praying for you. Y'all pray for me. And we'll see you next week on Reflection with Dr. Gary Harvey. God bless.